Hello, this is Father Mike Walker of Father Mike's Podcast, Father Mike's Bible Study Podcast, and the Catholic Combine, the pastor of St. Cecilia Catholic Church in Beaverton, Oregon. If you would like more information about the parish or the podcast, please feel free to email me at frmikewalker at gmail.com. And now, today's podcast. In my college years, I had a lot of different jobs and one job that I had was a waiter. And while I was waiting, one of the last things you did is you would come over to the table with the dessert tray. So I came over to this one particular table with the dessert tray, and we had key lime pie and coconut cream pie, and we had different kinds of, of uh, cakes and different things. So anyway, I, I came up to this table and said, I would like to present to all of you our desserts. And uh, the lady who was very close to me turned around and saw me and saw the desserts and said, Get behind me, Satan. So anyway, I jumped back because I didn't know what she was talking about. And I didn't have the reference to this particular gospel at the time. I just knew that she just called me Satan and I didn't really like it. So I stepped back and, and, and she said, I was kidding, I was kidding. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. You know, but it's kind of shocking. Now, imagine, for example, if here you are, you're Peter. Now, it was just last week that St. Peter was, was kind of on a high here. He was in all of his glory because he was the one who figured out who Jesus was. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. And then Jesus said to, to Peter, he's like, you are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So Peter had to be thinking that I've, I've got everything figured out right now. And then right after that, when Jesus mentions how he would be a Messiah, how he would save his people, that Peter didn't like that. And he says, no, God forbid this should ever happen to you. And then Jesus' response was, get behind me, Satan. Seems really harsh. Imagine this coming from someone you know is the Messiah, who is God. It would be pretty shocking. But then... We don't really understand the full context, but in order to, to really get a better picture of this, when Jesus was tempted by the devil in Luke as well as Matthew, that the temptation was all about Jesus trying to go for the glory without the cross. You know, so sometime when we read these uh, temptations of Jesus when we begin Lent, it's good to understand that because Jesus was sent to this earth with a particular plan and that plan was to follow the will of the Father and Jesus did that perfectly but it doesn't mean that he wasn't tempted and that's what the devil was trying to do he was trying to get Jesus to bypass the cross and go straight for the glory without the cross and so this is what Peter is telling Jesus to do as well oh, God forbid that should ever happen to you and so Peter is also tempting Christ in a similar way that Satan himself did but God the Father knew what he was doing when he sent his Son to be our Savior, that he would do this by the cross, that it's through the cross, through the sacrifice and the death of our Lord, that he conquers sin and death. And then from that, by rising from the dead, he lifts not only himself up, but all of creation and us with him. And so this is part of the divine plan. Peter didn't quite know it at that time, and so that's why he had the rebuke that he had. But the over writing understanding of this is that following the will of the Father is something that Jesus needs to do perfectly and he doesn't want to have anything or anyone derail him from that particular mission. 
Now, it, it wasn't something that was only in Jesus. Uh, there have been several prophets in the Old Testament who had a similar sort of commission. Uh, some of you may know the story of Jonah. If you don't, it's a great book to read. It's not that long. Uh, Old Testament story. It's written in a style of a parable. And in this particular book, Jonah is called by God to be a prophet. And he is to go to, he's to, go to Nineveh, or Assyria, the Syrian Empire. Nineveh was the capital. So he was called by God to go to Nineveh and tell them that they needed to repent. And if they didn't repent, they would be destroyed. And so what did Jonah do? He went in the totally opposite direction. So he, if he would have gone to Nineveh, he would have gone east. But instead, he gets in a boat and goes west into the sea. And while he's out there with other people, and he didn't explain what he did to other people, all of a sudden, the weather gets bad, and there's storms, and it looks like the boat's going to sink, and the people are fearful. And they knew someone did something to offend God. And finally, they figure out that it's Jonah. And so because Jonah did not follow God's call, they threw him in the ocean. Now, you'd think that would be the end of the story, but no, it's going to get worse because now he's swallowed up by a fish and he's living in this fish for three days before he spit up on the shore. Now, I don't imagine that the smells would be very good in the inside of a fish. Uh, probably the texture is not so great. Not a whole lot of light inside a fish. So he probably had some time to think about it. After he was spit up on the shore, then he decided, okay, I'm going to do what God calls me to do. And so he goes to Nineveh and he proclaims and he does what God asks. And Nineveh converts. They repent. And it is a good sign of what would happen to all the world in a sense, you know, that, that not just the Jews, but even the Gentiles are called to repentance and to be brought into God's world. And afterwards, of course, you would think it would be all great that Jonah would learn his lesson, but he didn't quite learn his lesson, so God needs to continue to instruct him. And I won't get into the ending of that book, but you all can read it if you want to find out more. But we heard something similar in the first reading, because Jeremiah, who is a young man, he's called by God to be a prophet. And he's coming up with all the excuses he can think of, like, Lord, I'm too young. It's like, why would you send me? Send someone with more experience. Sent someone who, who kind of has things figured out. But no, God called Jeremiah. And so Jeremiah, he decided that, okay, I'm going to do what God asks. I'm going to proclaim. I'm going to prophesy what he asks. And as he does, he finds out that he's getting persecuted from it. And eventually he gets thrown into a, a muddy pit of a, of a well. And I'm sure in his mind he's thinking, why did I do this if this is my result you know if this is the thanks I get you know but it goes back to the same point that that Jesus knew that the glory cannot come without the cross and in a similar way Jeremiah had to go through the cross his own particular cross in order to come to his glory and just so you know that it's not just people with the first letter J like Jeremiah and then Jonah and Jesus but even St. Paul he refers to this as well. Uh, the other day I was reading 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and he was reflecting on how he was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And he had a commission to proclaim the gospel. It was something that he felt he, com he was compelled to do, similar to Jeremiah. And he says in this, in this explanation, you know, that I've been commissioned to proclaim the gospel I do it freely, you know, so God doesn't force us to do anything. It, it comes from our free will. 
But he said, but woe to me if I do not do it. So St. Paul realizes that, yes, he's been commissioned and he has been compelled, but he also needs to do and say what God asks. It's not enough just to say, yes, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you're the Son of God, but there's a response to that. And so St. Paul is talking about his response to proclaim the gospel as God commissioned him to do. And then by doing that, St. Paul knows that he's bringing the cross upon him. And of course, that did come. St. Paul was arrested. St. Paul was almost killed. St. Paul was sent on a boat to Rome where he appealed, and eventually he was beheaded, all because of his faith. Not just because he believed in Jesus, but because he acted on what Jesus asked him to do. So the glory will come, but very often the cross has to come with it. And we shouldn't delude ourselves into thinking that we can just go straight to glory without any cross. So this last week, I had a, I had a fill of archbishops. So on uh, Sunday, I brought Archbishop Vlasny down to Grants Pat, or Medford to go visit my parents. And then on Wednesday, I had a meeting with Archbishop Sample and all the priests. And then on Friday, I had another meeting with Archbishop Sample. So there's a lot of archbishops here in this last week. But I was, when I met with the Archbishop Sample on Friday, I had a whole list of things that I was supposed to talk about. And uh, we probably spent three quarters of our time talking about what is God's will for us. And I never did get to my list, you know, because we, we spent so much time on that. But, but I think that's, I think that's kind of what we try to do as Christians, that we, like, what is God's will? Now, there's always the big picture will, right? We know that God's will for us is that we follow the commandments, that we live the gospel, that we pray, and, and, we, and we do all that. Um, but it's the day-to-day decision-making that's more difficult. It's like, what is God's will for my p- particular position in this moment in time? You know, and that takes discernment, and that's more difficult. And that's why St. Paul and and the Romans was, was talking about this, and he was saying that we have to kind of put on the mind of Christ, you know, that, that we ask for God's intervention. And how does that happen? Well, there are a few things that I would like to suggest. Uh, the first is that we saturate ourselves with the Scriptures. Because what you'll find is that the more time you spend with the Bible and with the Scriptures, uh, that you'll get to that point where you start to see things in a different way. And what you're doing is, is you're saturating yourself with the mind of Christ, and that helps you to be able to know how to respond in a way that is godlike. I mean, ultimately, that's my goal, as I, I really do more and more as I live my years to, to know how to respond as God wants me to and to be a godly person. And that is only possible if we know how God thinks and, and what he asks of us, and the scriptures are, are a great tool for that. In addition to that, when all of us are baptized and confirmed, we get these gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, those gifts of the Holy Spirit are intended to help us to be able to live the Christian walk. And we have particular gifts like discernment and understanding and wisdom and knowledge. Those in particular are great tools to help us to be able to discern where God wants us to be. And so if you're ever having a question like, what does God want in this moment? Does he want me to do this or does he want me to do that? Um, Pray to the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, help give me the gift that I need in this particular moment so I can respond according to your will. You know, that that's key there, that we can know how God wants us to respond. It doesn't mean that we're going to always know every little detail about everything that we have to do. Uh, But it is something, I think, that we, we can ask those gifts of the Holy Spirit to be enkindled in us 
so that we can respond in a, in a, in a Christian way. And then also keep in mind that this whole thing about following the will of the Father that is so important, it's something that's done on a day-to-day. We, we can't keep looking in our rearview mirror and then seeing all the times that we've messed up and feel defeated. We just have to keep stepping forward in faith. Okay, Lord, you know, I do believe in you. I'm going to step forward in faith knowing that, yes, the cross may come, but ultimately even that will lead to your glory. And then I trust that you will take care of me and those around me in whatever way that that needs to happen. You know, it is a, a kind of a life lesson, I think, to a certain extent that we understand that, that, yes, we have a share in what God asks, but ultimately he's the one responsible. And so now I'm just going to finish by reading what we heard in the second reading and also what we heard in the gospel. Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. And St. Paul, Romans chapter 12. Jesus, today in the gospel, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. May God bless you and be with you as you live out your faith and serve the Lord this week.